Hi friends, we left on a cliffhanger. We were talking about restlessness and rest, being good servants to the body. Uh, we were reading ourselves and I had just been speaking about Katie Bowman's work in biomechanics, a few books I read this summer and how I'm applying those in our school and integrating those ideas into my own thoughts and thinking. So, we can scaffold a little bit here, and I'll ask you how, what you remember from what I was talking about, and hopefully what I've already said, the person who wrote the book sparks maybe your remembrance of that, and how Charlotte Mason was illustrating the point about our bodies needing restlessness and rest. So, pause the podcast, try to recall that bit of information, and then play again, and you'll be pleasantly surprised or sorely disappointed. But you're learning too, so join again, and we'll continue this discussion. So we've got restlessness and rest, being good servants to the body. However, in the next session, section, sloth, a tyrant, I dare say you are glad to hear of an esquire of the body who is not followed by a black shadow threatening Mansell with ruin. But alas, we cannot be let let off. Rest, too, has his demon, whose name is Sloth. A little more sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, is the petition with which he besieges the Prime Minister. Once Sloth is ruler in man's soul, the person cannot wake up in the morning, dawdles over his dressing, comes down late for breakfast, hates a walk, can't bear games. So I'll stop there with her words, but... It's great to just hear that her ideas are true and ring true today in the field of biomechanics. Katie Bowman talks about how not using our bodies in certain ways has a demobilizing effect and then also overuse in areas of our bodies can cause a disease of those areas. And to that point, Charlotte Mason would say on page 20 of ourselves, poor fellow, he does not know that he is falling daily more and more under the power of a hard master. The less he exerts himself, the less he is able to exert himself. Because the muscles, which restlessness keeps firm and in good order, sloth relaxes and weakens until it becomes a labor to raise the hand to the head or to drag one foot after another. So that makes me think of um, losing mobility, basically, is that theme that Katie Bowman talks about a lot in her work, is that some, you know, part of your body that's made for use that doesn't get employed into use becomes unusable in the end. So... That's a very 
still true today, modern phenomena, which is probably just an in general human phenomenon. So my comments on our culture are that we kind of do in our culture have this mindset of, well, I go to maybe a desk job and I work primarily at a desk or I sit otherwise doing driving, even commuting to this thing I do or, you know, think of just any, anytime you're doing something throughout the day, what are you probably doing most often sitting on a chair? Um, and again, that's not everyone, but I would say a majority of a lot of Americans at least. And so we have a lot of sedentarism, but then we also have this idea about exercise being something that you do a fraction of your day to stay in shape. Um, so what Katie Bowman would answer to that would be, well, what if I just do dynamic movement throughout my day so that I don't have to set aside exercise time to get my body to burn X amount of calories or to make myself look a certain shape. If I use good movement patterns and correct, correctly walk in a proper gait pattern, if I squat to do things while bearing weight, if I walk up hills with weight in my hands, if I hang from monkey bars or trees, if I do something as simple as walk across pebbles or stone or soft grass that I'm doing things that mobilize my body in a natural way, strengthen my body in a natural way, and then I'm able to do actual functional real life work. Whereas some people that work out and people that might view what they're doing to work out as very hard and strengthening and intense, sometimes the people that are doing things like that aren't even functional to lay on the floor for a long period of time because their body isn't equipped to deal with the loads of normal pressures. So I think that that's just, it's just a very interesting way to look at movement uh, in our daily life. So what I have begun to do is just think about the ways that I'm trying to reduce work in my life that would actually cause me pain in the end. Um, so I mentioned before that I had been sitting for pretty, you know, not as long as some may sit, but I noticed that it was still causing my pain, uh, in my neck and in my life when I stepped back to look at it. And so we ended up experimenting with a low dining room table to eat at 
play at, work at, and our family has just done pretty well with this transition into figuring out making that work. Uh, I have three children under the age of six, but over high chair age. So it's worked pretty well because they're already so near to the floor. Getting people to the dinner table is a matter of just come walk over here and squat down or sit on your knees for your meal. Sit on a little cushion, cross-legged or legs spread out however you need to. And so they've really liked it. They stay pretty active during eating that way, even though they're, I'm still asking them to stay at the table. They are still getting in functional squats and stretching their hips out and keeping their joints mobile while they eat and while we enjoy a meal together. And my husband has been doing great with it. He's very supportive of trying new things always. If there's a good reason behind it, he's usually on board. So I'm really thankful for that support. <laughs> pun intended, pun not intended. Uh, so we're still trying that, but we, we, we like it at the moment. I think we've tried that for about four or five weeks now. Uh, the only adjustment I might make is to make or somehow get a hold of floor cushions that are wipeable because we eat at this table. Do I need to say more? No. Um, so the other thing that I'm working toward is trying to get down to more minimal footwear to where I'm not wearing even a heeled tennis shoe or an orthotic, which I had been using for about a year and a half which it serves uh, it served a purpose and I'm thankful for it however it was still immobilizing my foot by just casting it into the position that I needed it to be in most of the time to align the rest of my musculoskeletal system so it it had a purpose but I'm trying to move past that and figure out a way to use more of my foot. However, that's going to be a long transition. I made some barefoot sandals out of leather and paracord that I initially liked, but I'm going to need to rework my design on that and get those working for me a lot better probably next summer. And then other than that, I've just bought a very minimal flip-flop with a back on it so that I'm not doing toe gripping while walking like in normal flip-flops. So it's more of a barefoot situation, but um, I just bought it at Target. And other than that, doing a lot of toe abducting or adducting, sorry, spreading apart, um, toe lifting, rolling my foot over tennis balls and over small textured balls to get the little tiny joints mobilized in my feet and my toes. Um, calf stretching 
calf stretching like there's no tomorrow because an interesting thing I learned is that the calf muscle, it's a pretty large muscle, but it affects everything from it up to the head. When that muscle is tight, it sort of puts the rest of your muscles into a whip. And I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it like, when you have tight calf muscles and you are walking, you're kind of whipping your neck into a whiplash situation piece by piece, minute by minute, instead of all in one motion because you keep, I guess there's just not enough give in that muscle for it to keep your, the rest of your muscles working properly and I know I'm probably explaining that terribly but this is why I'm doing this I'm I'm gonna get better at explaining ideas I've read about so uh, what uh, other things that I think about when I've read her work are just how important being in nature is and Charlotte Mason definitely definitely jived with this principle from Katie Bowman's work um, that being in natural creation forces us to use our bodies in more unique ways because when you think about it we, we do a lot of chair sitting driving walking on flat paved concrete or carpeted or tiled surfaces with no incline no little tiny rocks hills tree roots to climb over and now i recognize this is the context that i live in and god has placed me here for his good purpose in this culture and in the type of modern living situation that i'm in but I'm just trying to work out how I'm going to get a little bit more terrain into my life, even though it's not naturally a part of my life, so to speak. So as I'm getting outside with my children for nature walks, we just, I've been loving it being summer. I can kick off my shoes, do some walking across dirt paths and in the forest and near the, the lake that's nearby, just in the grass, in the field at our neighborhood park. Even on the squishy surface of the playground, I feel like that's different input to my feet. And... I believe in volume one, I'm not looking at it right in front of me, but Charlotte Mason, I distinctly remember her saying that children should be given every opportunity to run and to romp across fields and to climb and swim and basically test the physics of their environment and their own body. And we are a culture that wants children to sit still we are a culture that is overly worried about 
the physical safety of children. And I'm not saying that I'm not one of those. I'm trying not to be so protective and scared of injury and things like that. Um, I really like uh, what Mason says about a child trying jumping off of things and climbing when they're young so that it can actually prevent them from bigger, more uh, lethal injuries when they're older. As a person who's young, you know, may not make the same bigger mistake because they've already fallen in a more small way as a young child. And pain is a great teacher, as my husband always says. That those ideas really interact in a cool way. And so I'm just happy to see that and just motivated. I'm just motivated to just not be afraid of getting out, knowing that it's something that is is a needed part of my body, that God made my body in an amazing way, that it needs to be stretched and it needs to be exhausted in some ways and I need to have pressure put on certain areas. I need the sunshine. I need the fresh air. I need to just climb a tree once in a while. I need to just squat down and smell a flower. So that's how I'm thinking about those things. I'm also thinking about how doing hard work, both mental and physical, writes new pathways into our brain tissue. And that's basically what forming a new habit is. And it's extremely hard work. So hope I'm not trying to change too many things at one time. I'm sure my body will let me know. But <laughs> I, I'll see how it goes and I'll report back. Um, another thing that I, I thought of in Charlotte Mason in conjunction with the biomechanics that I've been reading is specifically Swedish drill and um, musical drill because our minds and our bodies are not separate. So Swedish drill is a great way to make mind-body connections and awareness happen and control. And uh, I think there's, I'm, I'm thinking that there's something in that, like specifically when I was trying to lift my toes on command, each one at a time by itself, that, that is like a broken pathway. My brain has no communication with my middle toe to lift it off the floor by itself. And at first I thought, oh, okay, well that seems normal. And then I thought, there's, there's like broken telephone wires in my body that are not letting me do something I'm telling it to do, <laughs> which is just a funny thought to me. So, um, as I think about drill that we do or that I try to do, I mean, it's not always successful, but I'm just thinking about, okay, there's a purpose behind this and I'm keeping my children's brains active in creating pathways that get them in tune with the control of their body. And then ultimately to wrap up this idea, I just think about service to others 
because the entire reason why we decided to start physical therapy for me was because I was not able to serve my family. It seemed like, uh, I'm guessing 75% of the time I was down in my bedroom or on the couch with a debilitating headache. And if any of you, if any of you have this problem, I am so sorry. And I'm with you. I can relate. Um, if you're a homeschooling parent, even if you're not, if you're a parent in general, if even if you're just trying to work as a single person, having chronic headaches are, it's, 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 you're, you're suffering. You can't, you can't function. So, uh, we said if we wanted to homeschool, we need to try to take care of this problem. And I want to do it in a way that's sustainable so that we wouldn't have to deal with this immobilizing me, I guess. So all that to say, I know that the Lord brings suffering and he does bring pain for many different reasons. Um, But we just thought that we would do what we could to prevent that from happening. And it's had so many other side benefits on the side other than just getting rid of headaches. Um, but I'm not, I'm not doing things that I think will get me into a certain body shape. I'm not doing things that will help me to look a certain way or to seem like I'm fit. I want to be able to have my body function to service to others. Uh, before I was going through this, I had very limited range of motion. I had very little strength in my core, in my other major muscle groups. And even something as simple as looking up into the sky to try to look at a bird was difficult. And (laughs) weirdly enough, it never crossed my mind that, oh, I maybe should be able to do that. (laughs) So I wanted to be ready to my obligations to others and my service to others. And so we are given these bodies by God to do something with them. And I have not yet gotten into all of the sort of service things that Charlotte Mason writes about, but it's, it's, I know one of her major ideas. So I'm sure I'll like that when I come across it for myself. So I'll be discovering that and I'll be happy. So I'm encouraging you all to look into the work of Katie Bowman. I highly recommend that you look into what she has to say about our bodies and see if it's something that gives you any good ideas and I recommend Ourselves Volume 4 of Charlotte Mason in the homeschooling series it's so good I'm already let's see I guess I'm on chapter 6 um I 
just love how it's written. It's very different from her other books. She's describing Mansoul, the kingdom. So she's mapping out the different things in Mansoul. And just the literary quality of it is great. It's It's been one of the easier ones for me to follow. I think it's written for children, I think, in form two begin to read it. And it might be in later form one. I don't remember. But it's kind of written to the child in a way not talking down. But as a, here's kind of how God made us. So it's really for every person, um, but it's just told in a very story-like way and in a way that would describe a kingdom. So there's that uh, imagery in there. So it's humorous at points and very convicting. I'm sure it's going to get real, real, real up in there. So... Thank you, Lord, for that, because conviction is always good and hopefully leads to repentance. I think I've expressed everything I wanted to, and there's so much more, but I'm always afraid of rambling. I don't really want to do that. So as I get better at this and better at forming my thoughts more concisely, you all can benefit from that. So thank you for joining me. I hope that you can be encouraged to read what's helping you learn and to read widely and intelligently and to act upon what you're reading with narration and application. So be on your way and I'll say thank you. Thanks for tuning in. See you later. Bye.